Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Broadcast and we have Transformation Tuesday coming up to share about a person who I knew has passed away. Uh, a time for us to reflect on our own lives. We'll get to that in just a moment because I'm a nice guy. I'm going to get to a couple of calls, some very patient callers who've been on the line for a little bit. Uh, we'll give you guys about a minute apiece. Got to be quick. Got to be concise. Let's go first to Mark out of Rock Hill. Take it away, Mark. All right. Thank you, Vince. The um, the bill proposing the end of the national health emergency for COVID-19 in the executive um, are, and POTUS bringing it in, saying, oh, we'll do it. And I said, okay, but yes, the bill is constitutional, and the national health emergency, as you have said before, ought to have been. Uh, done, declared through a special session of Congress. Okay, that's it. I've read Taboo twi- twice. The author writes like it talks. And for my only sibling in academia, um, concentrating in political science, I gave the book to, I gave the book, no, the book was a present on that person's birthday. I haven't received any feedback, but I trust that if it didn't like what what they read, that they donated it to the reference section of the major university in the Midwest where it's currently in a position. And I recommend this reading as um, table reading for adolescents that they are going into high school or your college-bound yep. kid. It's, it's an excellent idea. I definitely appreciate that, Mark. Glad that you have read this and passed it on. This is something that I strongly encourage. Uh, let's also go out to a call here in Charlotte. This is from Danny. Good morning, Danny. Hey, uh, Vince, how you doing? All right, sir. Good. I got my one minute here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of our principles, I thought, was equal protection under the law. And I don't think anybody would disagree if those cops, those four cops or more, were actually white. They would have been absolutely looking at hate crimes. And when you look at the Derek Chauvin case uh, from George George Floyd, uh, whatever that guy did, uh, I never saw any evidence that it had anything to do with race. But yet the story was all about. Yes. Not that not that he was a uh, a brutal guy kneeling on a, on the back of a guy's neck, but the fact that he was white, so therefore it must automatically be racist. Yes. And, and you know, go ahead. Uh, and so you know, we're in kind of like this this vortex 
of anything that has to do and fits this narrative that a white person doing something against, against a black person must automatically or almost without any – almost no evidence uh, is automatically a hate crime, but yet the same exact actions by somebody else that happens to match that person's color, it's, ah, well, that's not really hate crime because these guys are black. Yeah, it's it, the whole thing is silly, which is why I think it's a waste of time to even go down this road. Uh, I think we need to charge people with crimes based on behaviors, exactly. not trying to figure out, you know, right. divine whatever motives or whatever it yeah, is that's going reading, on. The mind reading, yeah. Yes, we, we, we really can't do that at the end of the right. day, Danny. We should look at people's intent if he's trying to kill the guy or not kill the guy. So you charge him with different levels of, you know, murder or whatever. But instead, we're in this thing where, and I, I think most people uh, could rationally see this coming, where just, you know, it's, it's all guessing what the guy's motivation for the crime was. Without- speculation. That's really what it is, isn't it, Danny? Yeah. It's speculation, which speculation. really should have no place in a courtroom. Uh, very much appreciate your call, Danny. It's some very concise and thoughtful contributions to the broadcast this morning. If you listen to this program on a regular basis, you know that I mentioned some days ago um, several people that I was basically uh, very much concerned about. They were on my heart. One of them, Don Adkin, who passed away some days ago. Um, I'm happy to report my, my aunt in California has recovered from COVID. I think she's 89 years old. And she recovered from COVID and pneumonia. Thank God. I also told you about uh, Zachary Levi's father. He is known as such. I knew this guy as Daryl Pugh. And he passed away at the end of last week. His children posted something that I really wanted to share with you. I share this as a tribute to him, but also I think it's so important for us to ask the question about what we're living for. What are we giving our lives to? What would be said of us? Let me just jump right in. Our sweet, sweet daddy went to be with Jesus. January 26th at 4.20 p.m., he was at home surrounded by family and friends as we loved on him, sang to him, and prayed over him. He passed so peacefully without any struggle, which is everything we prayed for. While our hearts are completely shattered, we rejoice for Dad that he's free from his earthly body and resting in paradise. The past month knocked the wind out of us. We found out that Dad's cancer grew back and was crushing his airway our worst nightmare. It happened so fast, out of nowhere. So many ups and downs the past few weeks, so many moments where we lost him and he came back to us. Someday I'm going to write a book about all the incredible miracles we witnessed firsthand in Dad's life the last four months. Events that left doctors and nurses speechless, as there were no scientific explanations for them. Dad was a walking miracle throughout this entire journey, and while the final outcome wasn't what we ever wanted or hoped for, we know that God used Dad's life to bring glory and honor, which is all Dad ever wanted. Dad was the most devoted man of God. He loved others so deeply and genuinely. 
everyone who had the pleasure of knowing Dad will tell you what a loving, kind, and jolly soul he was. Dad was simple, no fuss, easygoing, easy to please with a warm meal, loved his daily walks on the promenade at the beach. He was filled with all the best wisdom and isms that we will quote for the rest of our lives and teach to our boys. He was so witty. He loved watching The Voice and Jeopardy and doing puzzles. The man was the most amazing singer with the voice of an angel. Gosh, I will miss that voice so much. He was a veteran who served in the Air Force during Vietnam and was stationed in both Japan and Germany. There are countless things I could share about our daddy. But most importantly, he loved his kids and grandkids with every ounce of his soul. We promised Dad that his grandbabies would always know him through stories, pictures, and videos to keep his memory alive. We love you, Daddy. We miss you more than we could ever explain. Give Mom a hug for us. And this was written by the children of Daryl Pugh, my friend who passed away January 26th. And I just thought I would share that with you, not only as a tribute to him, but again, a reminder to us, what is it we're living for? What you're doing today is part of the legacy that you're leaving. What's going to be written of you after you leave this life? A question for all of us. Stay with us. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. of the Vince Coakley radio program. We told you earlier is breaking news about George Santos stepping down from committee assignments, Drudge identifying several related stories. How about this? A poll in this district. 78% of the people in this district want him to resign. Boy, there's a shocker. Also, uh, apparently an interview that drove a story about George Santos interview with his ex-boyfriend referring to him as a psychopathic liar. <laughs> it sounds like prerequisite to serve in Congress. I'm just saying. 
You know, don't get the idea I'm defending this guy because I'm not. But I have a hard time believing that most of the people on Capitol Hill are very different from this man. I'm just saying. I have to tell you, I'm really encouraged by some polling that has been done by the fine folks at Gallup. Now, before I go into this, I'm trying to put on my optimistic cap, okay? One of the things, if you listen to this program with regularity, that I express a burden about is the leadership vacuum we have in this country. And while I believe there's a need for leadership, I'm not sure that people really recognize what they need. I think people have a sense of what they want. Maybe don't grasp what they need. I think there's real opportunity for somebody decent to come along and address this issue I'm about ready to mention. I'll, let me just tell you, and, and, and no, I before we even go down this road, let me just tell you, make it very clear, I'm not running for office. But one of the things I tell people is I meet new people and get to know them. I tell people all the time, I will, you will never hear me tell you, trust me. What I will tell you to do is to test me. You know, I stole this expression from my friend Steve Crosby. You know, he expressed it this way that as believers, people should be able to, you know, be able to stick a fork in us figuratively speaking, and get a sense that there's something there of substance. There's got to be a testing. I happen to believe that this is the ripe opportunity for somebody who comes along with a positive message that resonates with the American people. See, I, I am frankly, kind of disgusted with what I have seen thus far, certainly in recent years, political campaigns, uh, most of it's driven by negativity and complaining. And frankly, in the Republican Party, it's gotten to the point that grievance is almost as bad as what we've seen on the left. I'd love to see someone come along with an optimistic message about empowering people, not government. I don't want to hear another politician come and tell me how smart he is and how he's smarter than everybody else and just trust him, he's going to fix this or that. I don't care who that person is. I want somebody who has a healthy mistrust of government and a healthy mistrust of him or herself. See, that's a curveball, isn't it? Because how many people are running for office? Boy, they're full of confidence in themselves and their wisdom and their intelligence and their skill. Everybody believes in all of those things. Get a load of this poll. Gallup has done a poll. And you're going to be amazed to find out what Americans have put at the top of the list of the nation's problems. 
Guess what it is? It's government. Government is the nation's top problem. High prices persisting, inflation, the second most cited problem at 15%. I'm going to tell you the number for the number one problem. Elevated tensions, the southern border, illegal immigration, 11%. The economy in general, 10%, the lowest reading in a year. The polls January 2nd to 22nd field period included the four-day 15-vote process in which Republicans, who now hold a slim majority in the U.S. House, ultimately elected Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. Revelations about classified government documents found in President Joe Biden's private office and home. This is the backdrop of this poll. The government ranks as the top problem for both Republicans and Republican-leaning independents and Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents. The government. Who actually voiced this some years ago back in the 80s? Well, you know who that person is. Chris, play for us this person who uh, told us what the problem was back in the 80s and is still the problem today. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. There you go, folks. It's right there. Government. The government. The top problem for both Republicans, Republican-leaning independents, Democrats, and Democrat-leaning independents. Somebody comes along and recognizes this. And doesn't just talk about it, doesn't just participate in demagoguery, but comes along and says, you know what, let's do something about this government that's a problem. How about we do some serious downsizing of government? How about we figure out ways to empower people? How about we figure out ways for states to take more responsibility for what happens within their own borders? How about we divest responsibility out of the nation's capital, mandates out of the nation's capital, power and control out of the nation's capital, and put it back in your hands and in the hands of your states? This will go a long way. This is why I said there's an opportunity here. There's a real opportunity. You're going to get one of two people. You're going to get somebody who's going to come along and say what I'm saying and really mean it. Or you're going to get people who are going to come along and tell you they can do government better. This is apparently and unfortunately what we get from most Republicans. Is anybody going to come along and offer something different? Well, that remains to be seen. I'd love to get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. 
And we're back on the Vince Coakley radio program. <laughs> I knew somebody was bound to do it before I could stop them. Chris out of Shelby. I'm going to pray for you. Vince Coakley, 2024. <laughs> Funny. I certainly think George Santos is a liar. What about Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren? I personally believe all politicians are liars to a degree. Vince, I have a question about your optimistic cap. Is it rose-colored? <laughs> good question. Very, very good question. Steve out of Indian Trail. Government is our citizens' biggest problem. Way larger than for Republicans and Democrats. Vince, southern border problem now scattered across the country, costing billions for years to come. Yep. Abolishing the IRS and implementing the Fair Tax Act was going to be a step in the right direction, but if I'm not mistaken, I heard McCarthy has already backed out. Well, one thing I just want to put out there, okay, and I'm not trying to be a downer here. There are a number of things that were promised to Republicans to get their vote for House Speaker. And I think you need to recognize, if you don't already, some of these concessions are things that, in some ways, they're meaningless because they're never going to get passed anyway. Even if they pass in the House, they're not going to get passed in the Senate. So this is one of the reasons why McCarthy could agree to so many of these. Oh, sure, I'll let you introduce this bill because he knows it's not going anywhere. I'm just saying. Vince, I come to you with no Kool-Aid in my hand whatsoever. I do believe President Trump tried in many ways to do exactly what you have suggested. Uh Uh-huh. Even though I think he could have done better in some of those regards, it doesn't help your own party is fighting you to keep the status quo. I do hope we can get somebody in there that conveys that same message you preach. That is from Jeff. Just a sampling of what's on the text line. In follow-up to what I shared with you about the poll indicating that people believe government is the problem, NBC News has a very interesting poll showing 71% of Americans believing the country is on the wrong track. And this is significant. 71%. The country's going in the wrong direction. This is the eighth time in the last nine NBC News surveys dating back to October 2021 when the wrong track has been above 70%. The one exception, September 2022, when it was 68%. We have never before seen this level of sustained pessimism. In the 30-year-plus history of this poll. Boy, that's pretty significant, don't you think? Including during the 1992 recession, when a year of NBC, Washington, actually Wall Street Journal polls had the wrong track between 67 and 71% before improving right after the presidential election. Or the Great Recession of 2008, when Barack Obama's election and inauguration ended a year of polls showing the wrong track being above or near 70%. This current pessimism has been going on for nearly a year and a half, even after an election. 
The Republican pollster involved in this said elections are supposed to act as a chance to refresh and reset. That did not happen after the 2022 midterms. What's more, when our poll asked respondents how they feel about where America is headed over the next year, 69% gave negative words and phrases versus 23% who had positive ones. That's a change from two years ago, right before President Biden's inauguration, when just 52% had negative words and phrases on this question. This might be Biden's biggest challenge ahead of his State of the Union address next month. How does he convince the public America is headed in the right direction? <laughs> Even if he tries, is anybody going to believe him? A couple of quick economic stories. 64% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. 64%. million more Americans said they are stretched to then. To then. Lending Club, saying the effects of inflation eating into every American's wallet as the Fed's efforts to curb inflation drive up the cost of debt. We're seeing near record numbers of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. How about for you? Are you in that place right now? And we've talked about this before. Not a pretty picture. What's going on with eggs? This is one of those rare mornings I actually had time to make breakfast. Had some eggs and bacon, one of my favorite combinations. And Newsweek is reporting the egg shortage is about to get a whole lot worse. Just what we need, right? The largest global bird flu outbreak in recorded histories combined with increased cost of fuel, feed, and packaging to create a national egg shortage that's about to become worse. One of the reasons behind the sudden shortage, the outbreak of bird flu that after starting last year has killed millions of birds in a dozen countries around the world, including poultry and wild birds. In the U.S., more than 58 million birds in 47 states have been affected. But we also have disruptions in the supply chain. That's played a role. Also throw in inflation, the increased cost of gasoline and diesel last year. The price of eggs peaked in December when the average cost for a dozen eggs reached four twenty-five, a dollar seventy-eight more than a year earlier. And unfortunately, this is not going to get any better. Less birds, fewer eggs. That's what we can look forward to. These prices are not going down. Just to give you a heads up. Maybe a good time, by the way, to invest in chickens. There are people doing this. Chickens, hens, whatever provides you with the eggs, if you're able to do it in your neighborhood, uh, might be a good idea. <laughs> Stay with us.
Over on the text line, this texter saying, Vince, you actually believe this stuff on eggs you're reading for those reasons? Uh, what do you think is going on here? Do you think there's some conspiracy? You know, it, it's weird to me. This is, I think it's just part of where we are as a country now, where I, there's just such, such skepticism about everything. Tucker Carlson reported the feed is causing the egg issue. Also, random fires in big suppliers. Vince, we just built a chicken shack waiting on birds. <laughs> now uh, we're learning how to build and maintain the entire process. Yes, feed them the correct food. Yep, yep, yep. Vince, great show. Price of eggs, South Carolina, around four fifty. I tend to... Uh, what does this say? I love eggs like you in the morning with bacon. <laughs> Could it be possible the government's trying to create a condition which causes us to let government take over the food network and turn us into a socialist nation? Oh, surely there's nobody who would want to try that. <laughs> we have 12 chickens. We had 32 before a couple of foxes moved in. E, not good. My feed was running $12 for a 50-pound bag. Now $21 for the same bag. Yeah, these costs kind of multiply and they just work their way through the system. It's no way around the higher costs for us. This person says you better get armed guards. Chickens have been stolen. Does not surprise me in the least bit. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Vance. Hope you are. Uh, not bad at all. We have a total of, let's see here, what is this, nine questions? Total of nine questions. And we start here. How about... Something that happened way back in 1965, actually 1865. And this is during the period of Reconstruction. Probably one of the most important things for people like myself. Remember the year, 1865. What did the 13th Amendment do? What did it put it into? Uh, it abolished slavery. Slaverio, adios to slavery, thank goodness. 1893, we have a trademark for this most famous drink, uh, probably the most uh, popular drink still, soft drink. What was it for, 1893? What was it for? It's a trademark for a drink. Which drink oh, is it? Uh, Coca-Cola, I suppose. Coca-Cola, for sure. 1915, this country used poison gas on the Russians. Which country was it? Sounds, like, of... sounds like Germany. Germany did that. Sounds 1915. Like 1950, this president announced the development of the hydrogen bomb. Truman. Who was in office? You're right. You are four for four. Interestingly enough, here we are back at Coca-Cola, and the cost of sugar caused them to try to figure out something, a different solution in order to flavor their drinks. So what did they turn to instead of sugar? What's in all of these drinks that's in a lot of stuff 
that we've been warned about. Well, I was going to say cocaine, <laughs> but I don't think it's in there anymore. Let, tell me, I would like to. It's high fructose corn syrup. Oh, so corn syrup and not cocaine. This is in okay. everything now. I I'm mean, trying not so to confuse those things. again. Yeah, exactly. Those, uh, those can be so easily <laughs> confused. You're so silly. 1981. You know, we kind of take this for granted, many of us here in America. But um, this leader in Poland announced a deal to give workers Saturdays off. He was the leader of that group Solidarity. Do you remember his name? Lech Walesa. Yeah. Do you remember? I think he eventually um, went on to become president. He sure did. Yeah. I remember that movement. True that was, man of the people. That was really cool to watch when that was happening. He was inspiring to me when I was a little kid. Yeah. 1988, Doug Williams led the uh, this team to a Super Bowl win over the favorite Denver Broncos. Was it a Washington football team? You are correct. It was the Redskins. The Redskins. Wow. Looks like he's going to get a clean sweep here. 2001, EU had to kill over a million cows over this. What was it? Mad cow disease. Mad cow. And last but not least... This doctor learned the COVID-19 virus was not naturally occurring. Kevorkian. <laughs> Kevorkian. I blew it. Uh, he's so close to I him. Dr. Anthony Fauci oh. is the guy. So that's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have yourselves a great day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.